Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Friday, August 31. That is the last day of the month. Believe it or not, welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Jafet de Oliveira. Uh, let's pray for the last day of the month and uh, and for this week as well. Heavenly Father, just beautiful again, always calling your name. Lord, I just want to thank you for all that you are. I want to thank you that all that you've called us to. I want to thank you for the passage that we read today. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Spirit, for the Spirit's working in our lives and in our communities and in our churches. God, may this transformative passage change our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, third time lucky. English right. Standard yeah. Version, Romans 8, 1 through 11, subtitle, Life in the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit that set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Hmm. Just love this text. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Here is our uh, final question. It's phenomenal. For... Right? It is phenomenal. Yeah. It's your favorite word. It is for Romans 8. What does it mean to belong to Jesus? How is God's ownership different from man or humanity's ownership? What does it mean to belong to Jesus? How is God's ownership different from man's ownership? What does it mean to belong to Jesus? Well, to belong to Jesus means that uh, we've decided to give ourselves over to Christ. And I think actually there's also the idea of adoption, which is a common uh, metaphor used inside the entire Bible multiple times, um, where God says, I adopt you, I ransom you, I, I bring you into the family, you are my sons, you are my daughters. Yeah, it's kind of like what it means to belong to yeah. a family. Yeah. You know, uh, that it's a place, for one thing, I always think that what makes family different from friends and other people is that there are people who have to have you over like on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. There's a place that somebody has to take you in. Yeah. You know, other people don't have to do that. They're yeah. under no obligation. And maybe that's actually the best me- better the best metaphor and the best way to describe it's like it's 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 solid. You have a place. Intimate family. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have I think a place you'll be accepted. There's no condemnation yeah. there. Um so the difference and then between does that two. require 
anything on your part. I mean, in a way, it well, doesn't. Yeah. I think it doesn't, though. Because if you think about the classic example of a family having to invite any member of the family for Thanksgiving, oh, okay. that would include your crazy uncle, your weird cousin, you know, people who just are, are strange and awkward. <laughs> Which weird cousin are you referring well, to? <laughs> I don't have any weird cousins. My cousins are great. But when I was young, I did have a, a rather odd uncle. And he would sometimes come for holidays. Uh-huh. And... That made the holidays entertaining in many ways, but a little unpleasant at the same time. Uh, yeah. Because he just wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't bring the... But still accepted. He, yeah. I mean, we had to take him in, you know, mm. his family. So, mm. of course, he was accepted, you know, with open arms. Mm. Kind of half open arms. Like, hey, it's so glad, so glad I was talking, here. I was talking to a friend of mine who was telling me that uh, when he was at college, he, uh, he broke down. Car broke down on. Oh, I thought you meant he broke down no. like mentally. Oh, okay. no, yeah, yeah. Actually, his car broke down. Did that. Uh, no, he, his car broke down and um, just crankshaft broke. And uh, he, he called his parents up and said, Listen, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. My crankshaft's broken. I, you know, I don't have any way to get home. And his parents began to say, Well, we're going to help you out, but, um, but let's talk about a payment plan. Oh, seriously. And, uh, wow, that's and they so wanted cold. to negotiate uh, what the payment plan was. And before how, they helped him? Before they helped him. Uh, wow. And, and it wasn't because they had any lack of. Just they wanted to teach him a lesson. Or they two. wanted to teach well, there's him. Well, there's a country song I like. It's called oh, Find Out Where Who Your Friends Are. And it's, it's the lines or something about, you know, who's going to come and get you when you're stranded out oh, in the yeah, middle yeah, of the night. Yeah, yeah. That's how you find out who your friends oh, are. Oh, that's good. You get yourself into these situations where not just anybody yeah. is going to come, but yeah. a friend will come in the middle of the night. They'll come yeah. down a dirt road. They'll whatever, and they'll ask nothing in return. Huh. I actually, uh, I have people like that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody should have somebody like you that in their me. life. Yeah, I have you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we should be... I hope that we are people like that for somebody else as well. I hope that there are people who know. Well, I, I am a person like that. I like to help people. Yeah. So usually I think the saddest yeah. thing is that people don't often ask. People don't I like do to that. ask for help. I was, I was talking you know, to someone. You don't yeah. know. You'll realize, oh, this person was in the situation. They didn't tell me. I could have done something. That's I would have done. We had a friend last year who his truck broke down during a snowstorm. He was freezing, stuck somewhere like... I don't know, in the middle of the night, mm. didn't call us. Mm. And I wish that he had called mm. us because, I mean, hey, that would have been an easy thing to do. I was, talking, I was talking happy. to, I was talking to a person about this as well. Who's uh, a little bit older than us and, and, and they help lots of people, mm-hmm. but they n- have nobody they could call on for themselves right. and they do not call on anybody else for themselves. And I just said to them, this is just wrong. And it's because they just kind of like, well, I just don't do that, and I just I don't need anyone to help me. I but think sometimes it depends on the culture and the context where you are. Like I think when we lived in small town Michigan, that was easier. It felt like there were more people to call on because it was a little town. Yeah, and people just weren't as I don't know. It just felt like you know you could yeah. ask for something and it wouldn't be a big deal. So, what does it mean to belong to Jesus? I think I think Paul obviously says that we live an entirely different new life here. We live a life of peace and we live a life of joy and we live a life that's just in sync with God and we are raised in Jesus Christ. I mean, we we, we have this new way of living here with no condemnation. I think he's super pumped about this. And obviously, just so you know this, uh, for maybe you guys who've read this understand this as well, but I'm just going to explain this a little bit more. But verse 1 is the quick summary of the whole chapter. And then what he does is he kind of breaks this down. He expands it out in verses 2 and 3. Then he expands it out a little bit more. And then in verse 9 to 11, he kind of brings the capstone to verse 11, 
where he basically says, this is the entire purpose of you read all of chapter seven and you were struggling through it. And then you get to chapter eight, you get to verse 11 of this and it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to mortal worlds. He's talking about, this is it. This is the, the absolute phenomenal. And, and then it continues on. So I think that belonging to Jesus Christ is hope. It's actually hope in today and hope in the future. And it's defeating death. Yeah, and so that would be what makes it different from man's ownership, that even if you're a member of a family, that can give you comfort and joy and a lot of things, hmm. but it doesn't necessarily provide you with anything beyond that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like that. I also think that the... I wonder about the no strings attached. I love that the love comes from the parents to the child, mm-hmm. from God to us, and that's what generates the love. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's the difference as well in this metaphor as well, because God says, I, it's because I love you that you love me, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to you loving me and therefore I love you. Um, whereas in, in a lot of our relationships, we love each other because of the love we receive as well. Um, but, uh, but God says, my love for you is generated because I love you first and yeah. always. So uh, I think that that's actually a really good one. So I want to encourage you guys to read The Daily Walk this week. Uh, it's at boulder.church forward slash daily. Uh, read what Corey uh, Douglas has written inside there for today as well and uh, reflect on this text one more time. Read this passage yourselves. This is a passage worth memorizing. Uh, look at the, I, I've written this passage out and actually marked up the contrast between flesh and spirit. It's a really great little exercise to do to see the, the way that Paul uh, takes this journey through here and and then ask yourself what's your favorite verse inside this particular passage and what it speaks to you about this. But uh, I'll repeat the questions for us today. What does it mean to belong to Jesus? How is God's ownership different from men's ownership? Look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.